Hello and welcome to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Emma. I'm Tash. And I'm Becky. Hello. Happy New Year. Year. No, Becky's Becky's like, fuck you all, we're not doing that. I said this earlier, I don't really like wishing people a Happy New Year. Who am I to force happiness on people? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we'll just have the year you want to have then, according to Becky. Have a mediocre year, the same as all the other years. (laughs) (laughs) No, Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, first podcast of the year for us. Yep. Second year of podcasting. Look at us being consistent. Look at us. Listen, this is the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. I'm proud of us. Speaking of which, guys, if you want to help us out this year, become a more successful podcast, it's really easy. All you've got to do is go onto Apple Podcasts. And scroll down to the bottom and it says rate and review and you can write us a little review and it helps us gain more visibility. Please do that, people. We would really, really be grateful because that to us is like you guys saying, keep going, you're doing all right. Yeah. You know? And we do read them all and we get really, really happy. It touches us. And when we see them, you will definitely get a shout out and our undying love. Forever and ever. It's true, you will. Forever and ever, yeah. Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, on Spotify, you can just put a little five-star review. That is amazing as well. Whatever your podcast platform has to give us a review, just just smack on a five-star for us. We honestly do love it. But yeah, no, help us get a, a more successful podcast this year. That is my sole resolution for the year. Make this podcast grow. Make it blossom. Make it grow. Make it grow. Make I'm going to nurture it like a flower. Like a flower leaning towards the sun. So, Tash, I actually only got one answer for your... Okay. uh, And I only got it today. So they got got it in last minute and they contacted us through TikTok. It's Randy. Hi, Randy. I think Randy's been in touch with us before, haven't they, Bex? Yep. Via email. Via email. So this is via TikTok and now I can't find the video because I'm old and I don't know how TikTok works. Oh, here we go. Go on. Yeah. Randy said, firstly, she said something that I don't think was right. But the second one, she was like, was it Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake? It was. That is what it was. Boom, Randy. Round. Nailed it. Well done. Yeah, well done, Randy. Go you, Randy. Go, Randy. Go, Randy. Go give us a five-star review. Please. Um. <laughs> 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 so, okay. Anything weird happen over the holidays? Anything spooky? Anything murdery? Crimey? Not necessarily true crimey, but it was a mystery that I had to find out what was wrong. So I feel like we need a mystery sound effect. Becky, do a sound effect. <laughs> what do you mean? What a mysterious sound effect? <laughs> yeah, do one. You know, do 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 that was Twilight Zone crossed jaws, Tash. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you hear this story, that's kind of what it was. The whole thing was such a mystery. What, it had a fucking shark in it? <laughs> well, I honestly didn't know the cause of the situation. Was it a ghost? Was it a shark? Was it an alien? Or was it quite simply not a mystery well it was a mystery but if we listen <laughs> just tell us the story get <laughs> on with it we'll decide at the end what it is i was getting ready for bed and my kids were in my room and i'd like taken my clothes off and the girls were like what's that on your back and i was like oh i don't know what is it and i thought i've got a mole in like the middle of my back and i thought i was like oh it's just a mole And they were like, no, it looks like a bruise, like right in the middle of my back on my lower back. So I got them to take a picture of it on my phone. And I was like, that is such a weird bruise. I was like, it doesn't hurt. I don't remember hitting myself. I've not got drunk and fallen or anything like that. Like they're literally, you know, when you're literally like, am I going to die? What is this on my body? So I... (laughs) googled 
weird a bruise on the middle of my lower back. Oh, God, what a Google said that you were dying of. <laughs> no, so Google was really, really informative. And I found an image of the bruise. It was exactly the same type of bruise. It redirected me to a Reddit page, which <laughs> for anyone that's ever been on Reddit, you can only imagine the responses. I'm scared here. What's happening? Yeah, it's taking a turn here. So lots of people were like, there's only one explanation. You've been abducted by aliens. Fuck or off. Someone was like, it's ringworm. Oh, ringworm. Sexy. Oh. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Ringworm. Happy New Ringworm. Others were like ridiculous. And then I stumbled across one that said, that looks like suction cup bruises. Oh, yeah. Right. So I have had suction cups on my back at the beginning of December. Not not recently. And obviously those bruises would subside. And then I stumbled across a comment. <laughs> that looks like... The bruise you may get when your back suctions to the bottom of the bar. (laughs) I know exactly how that feels. So you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then it goes... And then your back suctions it. And I had a bath that morning and I I remember that happening. And it suctioned so much. You know when you're like having to like wait for the suction to release... Did you, did you get a bit panicky? Well, you're like, this is it. I'm I'm a I'm bath lady now. <laughs> this is where I live. The suction was so strong in the bath. I was a bit like, is this who I am now? <laughs> and then, but obviously, I never. It never even occurred to me that that would bruise my back, and it doesn't hurt or anything. Um. So yeah, I basically gave myself a love bite on my back. A bath bite. How mad's that? I love how Reddit took you through so many emotions, twists and turns. Alien abduction. So many emotions. And then when I read that comment, I was like, oh yeah, that's what's happened to me. I suctioned my back to the bath and now I've bruised it. Like it doesn't hurt, but but it looks like a love bite. Oh, thanks Tash for that. That was good shit. That was really good. Wasn't it good? I'm glad that we got closure in the end and we found out what it was. Yeah, we got to the bottom of it. Yeah. You bigged that up so much. It's like Twilight Zone, shark. No, I just bruised myself yeah. in the bath. <laughs> I suctioned myself to the bath. I think we should post a picture of this bruise. Okay, we, we can do that. Also, has anyone else had this happen to them? Can you please try and make it happen? I think... <laughs> no, don't ask people to go and bruise themselves on It purpose. doesn't hurt. <laughs> That's what you say. Jesus. <laughs> I felt like there were more twists and turns than necessary in that story. I promise you this is how the story went. I've not I've not embellished this. It literally was. Did you have to sit down after you like figured it all out? That sounded really tiring. Well, I was in bed, wasn't I? I was getting ready for bed. So I went to look in the mirror at the bruise and then went to bed and Googled it. And I, I found out within like five minutes of researching it. I mean, I very nearly did call my mum crying, thinking... Oh my God, I feel like this is a plant pot story again. <laughs> Never ending. <laughs> You're not enjoying it? <laughs> I mean, up until I realised you just suctioned yourself to the bath. Yeah, I was really into it. Would you have preferred that she was abducted by aliens and then we would have one of those friends that was like, yeah, I was abducted? Well, considering the podcast, yeah. I'm really disappointed you're not enjoying this I story. I really enjoyed it. Don't, don't, you know. I, no, no, it was good. It was good. No, it wasn't. Right. Becky. You're, you're, you don't think that it was. <laughs> well, no, because the abduction by aliens, then I've got a little story and then it would have led on perfectly to my story, you see? And now I've just got sucky bath. <laughs> That leads me nowhere. <laughs> I thought this story was going to go on to, oh yeah, and I forgot that I had a Tinder date that went so bad that I forgot that he clasped onto my back for 10 minutes and gave me a bruise. No. 
Um, I remember once I took my trousers off and had the biggest <laughs> bruise I've ever seen on my thigh. Like my inner thigh it almost went all the way from like the top of my thigh to my knee. And I was like, whoa, what, how, what, what did I do? And uh, my mum happened bruise. to walk by my bedroom at this when I was still living at home. And she was like, Becky, what have you done to your leg? I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and then my auntie walked by and then she was like, oh, Becky, what have you done to your leg? And it's like, oh, a family reunion in my bedroom as I'm trying to get dressed. <laughs> and all it was, was that it was a pair of new jeans. And I must have spilt something on my leg at one point and it rubs the dye off. Do you remember? You get those with new jeans. Yeah, I've done that. Oh, so it wasn't actually a bruise. It was just dye. dye. So you hadn't even, there wasn't even anything. Yep, see? Look how good Tasha's story looks now. (laughs) Literally nothing happened in that story. (laughs) Well, I had a family reunion (laughs) at my door while I was trying to get dressed. (laughs) About a dye stain on your leg. Oh, my God. Do you remember when I was asking about those five stars, guys? Yeah, it's fine, honestly. Just You can cut this out. You have the power. I'm not cutting it out, man. Editing. No, I got no time to edit all this out. Staying in. (laughs) See all this shit? You're getting it. That's it. Oh, somebody commented. It made me laugh. I think it was Joey. He commented that he likes the fact when I don't edit everything out because he calls them Becky sound effects. All the weird noises you make. Oh, no. Do I make new noises? <laughs> yeah, you make weird noises all the time. Oh, She does, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. I do it at work. Well, that's not very professional. No, especially we've got a new boss now, so I have to try and act sane. Have you pig snorted at him yet? I've de- I giggle snorted today, but not within his earshot. Okay. But like, I'll type on my, on my, I'll do a bit of typing. I'll be go doot doot bee doop as I'm as I'm typing. I'm like, oh no, I better not do that. <laughs> so <laughs> Jesus. And then all like little, little good note, I'll be like pew pew. <laughs> I think it's like I've almost got like a little mini baby Tourette's. Just kind of come out. Well, we think it's adorable. Aww. Yeah, we love you for it. Like your non-existent bruise that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous of Tasha's bath sucky story. Have you actually got a Tinder with Tash, Tash? I have got Tinder with Tash. Okay, then here we Let's go. Do Here's a jingle. Woo-hoo! Sit down, you boys and girls and everyone in between. Story time. Tash has stories for you, both funny and obscene. Ooh. Did she swipe right, swipe left, or find out he had a rash? Ew. We're about to find out, because it's Tinder with Tash. What a good jingle. Hey, babes. Oh, we love it. JT, as always, smashing it out of the park. Yeah, go on then. So. Make it a good one. I've updated my Tinder profile. Whoop. My bio now says... This year I'm dating with intention. I'm happy and content with my life. I'm only open for people who can add to it. Ideally a few messages, a phone call, video call, then a date and see how it goes. If this is not something that's on your radar, then I'm not for you. So that's my bio. No fuck boys, right, straight away. Yeah, just like I'm over it all. Yeah. Yeah. So... Sometimes when I'm bored, despite that bio, I will just swipe right on everyone and then you whittle out the ones that you yeah. match with, then you like take away the ones that you don't want to talk to. Mm. So I've matched with this guy that I have probably matched with about six times on various dating apps. Every time he has a different name and every time I call him out for it. That's weird and suspicious. He's married. Yeah. Red flag. Yeah. But the pictures, like, it's always like the sim- like the same person in the pictures. Is he on it? How many pictures has he got? How many pictures has he got? Yeah. Well, he's actually got updated ones. <laughs> All right, okay. So I've dated with this guy several times. You've dated with him or you've matched? Uh, matched. I've matched. I haven't dated him. I may or may not have swapped numbers with him previously. I honestly can't remember. And I also can't remember the names that he's used previously. But the latest name that he's using is Harry. He sent me a message saying, 
Hey, thanks for the match. You're gorgeous and a woman to be proud of. Kiss. Did he write out kiss or did he put... Did he put an X? Or no, he put, put X. Oh, I thought he'd written out kiss. I was like, oh. So he's actually yeah. put, hey, X, thanks for the match. You're gorgeous and a woman to be proud of, X. And that you're so my type, look-wise. This, I'm reading it how it's written, X. Hope you had a good Christmas, X. And that you have a good 2023, X. So for anybody that's not English, X's are kisses. Yeah, like XOXO. I'm somewhat offended that he can't remember that we've matched previously. I feel that is a copy and paste. No? Oh, 100%. He's literally copy and pasted that to every single match. Yeah, to everyone that he's matched over the, like, last week or whatever. He's just a bit weird, to be honest, when I've spoken to him previously, so I obviously won't be dating him. But it's just the audacity of these people, like... Most people are on dating apps on and off for quite a while. Like, I'm not the only person that is backwards and forwards on dating apps. And the fact that you then change your name is just ridiculous. And suspicious. And suspicious. Like, what even is your name? But he sometimes uses a Spanish name as well. I'm sure he uses Juan sometimes. Oh, trying to make himself sound exotic. Yeah, but you're literally Harry from... Like Loughton or wherever it is from, like, yeah, it's not, it's not the one. Yeah. He also can't drive, which is a big no-no nah, for me. I don't like that. Yeah, can't bothered with that. So, did anything ever happen with Harry or Juan, or was that was it? That's it. I didn't even reply to his message to be honest because I thought, yeah, I felt a bit offended that he didn't recognise me. God, we're kicking off to 2023 with a start, aren't we? So nothing happened to Tasha's back. Nothing happened to Becky's leg <laughs> and nothing happened on Tinder with Tash. But we were still hungry. <laughs> <laughs> what I am going to ask, though, is if anyone thinks of anything fun that I can put in my bio to improve it, then I am open to suggestions. Well, you might have opened the floodgates there. Yeah. I think fun. I think something quirky to put in there. Catch put it on TikTok. On, yeah. Make a TikTok video. I'll make Tash. a TikTok. I'll make a TikTok. Right. Who's first this week, anyway? It is, it is I, I think. It is thy? Yeah, well, because you, on our bonus special, which I thoroughly enjoyed, by the way, I thought... Did, did you listen to our bonus special, Tash? Well, I did listen to your bonus episode, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you laugh when we were like, oh, Tash would sit on the faces? I did actually really laugh at that. <laughs> I was like, thanks, guys, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> So, for season three, I thought we'd kick us off with a bang and do another spooky series. So get yourselves cosy for the first part of a story that is so strange. It's almost unbelievable, except you better believe it, as this all happened and to my knowledge is still happening to this day. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun! Okay. So this week, I'm going to start a series on... Skinwalker Ranch. <gasps> yes! I've been looking forward to you doing Skinwalkers. Well, here we go. Are you ready for the first part? No. Okay. Should we go back to Tasha's bath story? Because that was fun. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to send you a picture of this. And then you're going to feel you'll sorry see. for her. You should have said that it hurt and then she would have been feeling sorry no, for her. No, I'm going to send you a picture and you're going to be like, actually, that's mad. Tash, that, look, that just looks like a little bruise. Oh, no, it's not. That's big. It That's is not little. That's big. What are you on about? It's just a bruise. <laughs> Hold on. No, that's a shit picture. You know when you put too much lipstick on, so you kind of dab it off on a tissue? Yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like a kiss. It looks like a giant's done that on your back. That's big. It looks like a mouth. I mean, I've seen better. Fuck you. <laughs> I think it's I think it's quite big, is that? Yeah, I did as well. That's like an impressive bruise from the bath. It sucked hard. <laughs> You're right, Tash, it's a very impressive bruise. Are you now being sarcastic? Because No, it's very that second one, it really showed up. It's huge. Thank you. Good. Now, let's continue. Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. In 1994, the Gorman family 
Now, this isn't their real name, but in the book I'm using as a source, they've all got fake names to protect their identity, so I'm going to respect that. So the Gorman family moved into what they thought would be their dream ranch. Of course, at this time, they had no idea what laid ahead and that they were, in fact, moving to one of the strangest places on Earth. The ranch is around 512 acres or 207 hectares of gorgeous grassy pastures situated in the Uinta Basin in eastern Utah, 150 miles from Salt Lake City. The area has a large Mormon population and is home to a Native American reservation for the Ute tribe. Both communities have witnessed strange goings on here and the Ute's experiences are documented going back 15 generations. Of course, the Gormans knew none of this when they bought the ranch. They just saw it as an absolute bargain property that they couldn't miss out on. Why was it a bargain, eh? Why was it? I think I know why. Oh, well, I think we're going to find out. Mm, when something's too good to be true. It normally is. So the Gormans were cattle ranchers and had a herd of very expensive prized cows. When they first moved, they only brought the younger cattle with them and the others would follow shortly afterwards. One day, as Tom Gorman, the dad, was looking out on his young herd, he saw something in the distance, something grey, something big. Actually, huge would be a better word. Far too big to be a coyote. His wife Ellen saw it too. What's that? she asked. A wolf, maybe? The animal was getting closer and closer to them as they stood trying to figure out what was happening. It got even closer and stopped to look at them. Not with menacing eyes, it actually looked quite peaceful. It was at least three times bigger than any wolf Tom had ever seen. Ellen looked around to see where her two children were, and they were stood completely still and silent on top of a flatbed truck, also staring at this enormous wolf. Ellen began wondering if it could be someone's pet, as it showed no fear whatsoever. But then if you were a huge wolf, would you be frightened of humans? Probably not. Nah. Tom's dad, Ed, had now joined them, and the wolf trotted over to him. Ed was six feet tall, and the wolf arrived at his chest, so that gives you an idea of how big this wolf is. Wow, yeah. Twilight wolf. Yeah, exactly. He reached out and petted it. The wolf stank of wet dog from running in the grass. It was extremely muscular and had piercing bright blue eyes. All of this was so weird, even someone's pet wolf would not behave so calmly. Tom began to glance over to his herd, worrying that the wolf meant them harm. He noted a young calf was being nosier than the others and had stuck its head out of the enclosure to look at the wolf. Oh no... The wolf, however, continued to behave extremely calmly and tame. So Ellen called the kids over, which to me is weird because if this is a weird, massive wolf, I'm not yeah. going, oh, kids, come and oh, have a yeah. look. Oh, yeah, look, oh, what a tiny children. Yeah, let's, uh... yeah, okay. So she calls the kids over and everyone starts making a massive fuss over this wolf. Their son, Tad, even asks if they could keep him. Tad. I know, Tad. It's a fake name. It's fake. Oh, it's fake. Yeah. Okay. Out of nowhere, the wolf turned towards the cattle pen with such speed that the whole family was stunned. It grabbed hold of the calf's head with its mouth and began to try and pull it through the bars. Aww. Yeah. Tom, the dad still. Still, yeah, still him. He's still the dad. Still the dad. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that mate, you snorted. I've got to leave that in now. It wasn't me for once. It wasn't me. It was you. You snorted. <laughs> it was you. Oh, Becky, do you not even know when you're doing it? Oh, maybe I... Yeah. <laughs> I'll see when, it, when I get the audio. <laughs> okay. We'll see who's telling the Mate, truth. we're all really oh. intense, aren't we? Are we all okay? <laughs> <laughs> Don't think so. We're never okay, really. Anyway, back to Tom. So Tom got balls of steel. He runs towards this monster wolf and starts kicking it in the ribs for it to let go. I mean, right, fucking Tom. hell, man. Are you okay, Tom? Is this, where, where's this though? Is it in America? Yeah. yeah. Well, don't they have fucking guns for this reason? Yeah, but he didn't have one on him at the time. Oh, well, that's not very American of him. <laughs> I don't know if they just walk around with them all the time. I don't know. I would. If I was an American, I'd be like, hey, look at all my guns. Would you? They're all here? No, probably not. 
So Ed joined his son, so Ed's granddad. He began beating the animal on the back over and over, and yet the wolf refused to let go of the calf. As he was kicking the wolf as hard as he could, he shouted to Tad, good old Tad, to go and get his magnum, see, gun. Yeah. Tad obeyed quickly. I assumed it was the gun and not the ice cream. (laughs) Well, I don't even think of that. Aren't there condoms called magnums? Possibly. (laughs) I'm just kind of... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. So Tad's gone and he's got, like, all the ice creams and all the condoms (laughs) and he's chucking them at this wolf. Let go of the cow! That's not in there. (laughs) Yeah. Look, Look at the size of these. Are you not intimidated? Do you know what would fuck that wolf up? Go on. <laughs> stick it in the bath. <laughs> it'll totally stick to the side. And then it'll be all to all of its friends. We're like, look at my little bruise. I'm never telling you any interesting <laughs> stories ever again. I found it interesting. It's Emma that didn't. I thought that was wild. No, but listen, Emma's the friend that wanted you to be abducted by, by aliens. I think she's just jealous because... I'd rather you be sucked off by a bath <laughs> than, <laughs> than, than abducted. In my defence... That's how good of a friend I am. There's no defence, Emma. You've done it now. The fact that she's here podcasting hasn't mentioned at all any alien abduction already tells me that she's okay. <laughs> It could have wiped her memory, but okay. Yeah, it's true. But she's okay because her memory's been wiped. Imagine all, all the good. aliens in the ship like, oh, we need to plant a memory in her head. What can we say caused this bruise that Jeremy over there accidentally did with the stun gun? Oh, actually, yeah, let's just say that the bath sucked her back and gave her a bruise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more, more interesting, more on theme. I thought it was interesting. I have one week off and I come back and you two have got this little alliance and now you're bullying me. (laughs) Go on. Go on, little besties. Go on. (laughs) Oh, baby. Go on, carry on. What happened to the cow? (laughs) Right. So Tom and Ed are beating the shit out of this wolf. Tad's gone to get a magnum, the gun, (laughs) not the condom or the ice cream. Tad gives a gun to his dad, and his dad shoots the wolf point blank in the ribs. Nothing. Why are they shooting the ribs? Why do they shoot it in the head? I don't know. He's just shooting at whatever bit he can get hold of, I suppose. I don't know. But it's really big. The target is big. They kept going on about how big the target was. Yeah. I wasn't there, so... Okay. The ribs might have just been easier. I don't know. Yeah. He was kicking the ribs. Maybe he was just fixated yeah. on ribs. I don't know. You'd assume that something would... If you get shot in the ribs, that maybe he'd let go. Yes. Yeah. But nothing. nothing. Not even the slightest reaction came from the wolf. It didn't even flinch. Yelp. And it didn't even bleed. Oh. He shot it again and again. And eventually the wolf reluctantly let go and started backing away slowly. It didn't look overly concerned about being shot at such a close range. The calf ran away and laid down and it was bleeding severely from its head. Poor thing. The wolf had not left. It was now sitting looking at Tom with a strange gaze. Tom lifted his gun again and shot it near its heart. He couldn't understand how it wasn't killing the wolf or at least severely injuring it. The wolf moved back calmly another ten feet No one could believe what they were seeing. It should be dead, and yet it didn't even seem to be that bothered. It even looked back at the calf, as if it was thinking about attacking it again. Tom asked Tad to go and get the bigger gun. He shot the wolf again. This time the flesh ripped from its body. Still no sound or any signs of distress were shown by the wolf. But it did decide that enough was enough and started to trot away from the family and the cattle. Tom couldn't let the animal live, not after showing aggression towards his cows, so he went after it. His son Tad grabbed a gun whilst Tom held on to the other and off they went following the wolf's tracks, which were understandably huge and heavy, so very easy to see. But again, there wasn't any blood on the ground. Why wasn't this wolf bleeding after being shot multiple times at close range? So Tom and Tad kept up with it through the trees and brambles following its tracks and then the tracks just stopped. They couldn't understand it. The last tracks were in thick, deep mud and then nothing as if it had just evaporated. The pair decided to head back home. 
Tad was terrified, but Tom didn't have any words of comfort as he knew what they'd all just witnessed in broad daylight was impossible, and yet it had happened. They decided just to forget about it. Even though for Tom this just added to his list of alarming red flags that he was choosing to forget about. How do you forget about a giant wolf that just vanishes into thin air? Aliens. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So the property itself had been empty for over seven years before the Gormans bought it. The couple who had lived there before had basically just abandoned it, only checking on it a couple of times a year to check the fence lines. They had sold it for a steal. First red flag. The second was that there was a weird specific clause in the real estate contract. No digging on the property without warning the previous owners. Which is very suspicious. That's a bit weird, yeah. That's Mm. weird. That's suspicious. Suspicious. The third red flag was upon entering the home, the Gormans were shocked to see every door and cupboard had a deadbolt on it. He just put this down to the elderly couple being overly paranoid. And now this insanely large, unkillable wolf that just vanishes into thin air. I don't know what you think, but for me, the get out now list is getting rather long and we haven't even started yet. I mean, yeah, I definitely would have left. Something that Tom also didn't know before purchasing the ranch is that the Uinta Basin is renowned for its UFO sightings. There have been thousands, the first dating back to the 50s, when a teacher and some 30 students saw a cigar-shaped craft on the ground in broad daylight. Junior Hicks, a retired science teacher, was really interested in all of these UFO sightings, and so he began documenting them and interviewing the witnesses. He interviewed all of the children back in the 50s and he believed them to all be telling the truth. He went on to document over 400 more cases that he thought were trustworthy accounts of UFO sightings. He became known as the unofficial UFO historian. He collected thousands of testimonies but disregarded the ones that he could explain away. The I saw lights in the sky type of accounts. Yeah. He said that according to records, the earliest sightings could date back to 1776, where a certain Father Escalante saw a fireball cross the sky. He says the UFOs do not look all the same and are all variable in size and shape, some round, oval, cigar-shaped or triangular. He said one of the resident Native Americans once took a shot at one of the UFOs and heard the bullet ping as it ricocheted off the craft. Ricochet's a good word, isn't it? It is. It's a good word and it feels good when you say it right. Really good. Because I could see it coming up in my text and I was like, I'm not going to get that right. And then I did. And then I was like, oh, fuck yeah. He said the witnesses range from lawyers to bankers to ranchers, people he has known all his life and he believes. Terrifyingly, though, along with the sightings come the cattle mutilations. Oh, no. Hmm. He said he knows of at least 12 to 15 that cannot be explained by predators or anything else. Hicks also has knowledge of creatures that people have seen, Bigfoot-looking things. And sadly for the Gormans, Hicks believed that the epicentre of the bizarre occurrences happened on their ranch. He used to work there and has seen things that he just can't explain, like compasses spinning erratically for no apparent reason. But I think compasses are weird and really clever and I just don't really understand how they work. Well, I know that they work by magnets, but how mad's that? It's, yeah, it's magnetic, isn't it? Oh, I don't, I'm not even going to try and explain compasses <laughs> because, Jesus, I've no idea. It's magic. That's what it is. It's magic. Magic, magic. Scientific magic. So the Utes don't go near. As said above, they have stories going back 15 generations. They steer clear of what they call the path of the skinwalker. The basin has a very long and intricate history that I won't go into too much detail. But to begin with, it was Native American reservation for the Utes. Then it was discovered that it was full of a black hydrocarbon, a rare mineral used for paint, varnishes and lacquers. So, of course, the miners arrived and despite the Utes' rightful objections, little by little they were pushed away and had less and less land. The area was reclassified as public domain as the rights of the Utes weren't a priority, of course. Of course they weren't. Of course they weren't. 
They were compensated, however, by $20 per acre. How nice of them. How generous. Really, really generous. But what Congress hadn't thought about is that in naming the 7,000 acres public domain, they accidentally exempt the whole area from any law enforcement. So, of course, a whole load of saloons and brothels began popping up. Outlaws such as Butch Cassidy and Elsie Lay used this place to hide out as no one could get them there. The saloons were full of outlaws, utes and miners. As people left what was known as the Strip, they threw their bottles into the ravine, so much so that it gained the name Bottle Hollow. That sounds a bit creepy, doesn't it? That sounds haunted, Bottle Hollow. Yeah, it does sound haunted. So today the ravine is covered by water. Bottle Hollow is 420 acres big and is right next to the Gorman's Ranch. It is said to be the home of one or maybe multiple large snakes. Oh, Yeah, people seeing snakes in Bottle Hollow go as far back as to when it became filled with water. A tribal police officer said he would see things crawling about in the water swimming up and down. He says his other colleagues had seen it too. A lot of people have inexplicably drowned in Bottle Hollow. One particular case that was investigated involved the death of a Ute woman who was swimming with a man when she suddenly started getting pulled under. When she resurfaced, she was screaming something was pulling her down. The man that was with her swam down and said he fought off a huge snake, but he was too late and by the time he got her back to the shore, she was dead. There were multiple witnesses to this and they all confirmed what the man said. Strange lights are also said to enter the reservoir and then pop out. A police officer said that he saw a large light go in and then leave the water before flying off towards the Gorman's ranch. Another four people say that they saw a ball of light enter the water and when it came back out it had changed shape entirely and was now more belt shaped. It danced about before leaving out of sight at an extremely high speed. So back to the Gormans. They had put the wolf to the back of their minds, but were relieved when a neighbour said that they too had seen a pack of big wolves. This reassured the family in a way, because somebody else had seen it too. A few weeks passed and Ella would see the wolf again, this time in the evening as she was driving home from work. She got out of the car to open the gate, drive through and close it again behind her, and then she heard movement, and before she knew it, the wolf was next to her car. Oh, my God. Mm. I know. (laughs) Looking at her with those same bizarre pale blue eyes, she was terrified. Yeah, I'm not surprised, hon. The wolf was so big that its head was taller than her car. Ooh. Yeah. She knew that it just wasn't a normal wolf. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Exactly. And this time, it wasn't alone. It was accompanied by an animal that Ellen can't quite describe. Some sort of a black dog, but it just looked wrong. Its head was far too big for its body. It wasn't as big as a wolf, but still big. These must be pets, maybe belonging to the neighbouring Utes. She was still going to complain to the local tribe officer. After all, they were moving the rest of their cattle here soon and these animals just couldn't be left to roam freely. So the next day, she asked the Utes to keep a closer eye on their pets, explaining about her encounters with the wolves and now a very strange-looking dog. But she was met with silence and puzzled expressions. Wolves? Are you sure? There haven't been any wolves around here since 1929 and absolutely no one had any huge ones as pets. They asked her if she was sure she hadn't seen coyotes instead, which infuriated Ellen. She knew the difference between a coyote and a giant wolf. The family saw the animals a few more times wandering around in the distance of the ranch, and then they just vanished, never to be seen again. There was so much work to be done on the property, getting it back to its former glory, that Ellen quickly forgot about the strange animals. And that is going to do it. For part one. How can you just forget a massive wolf? Well, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, but there's like... Yeah, okay. That's that's end of part one. That is the end of the part one, yes. Parto 
Numero uno. And I've nearly finished part three, so there's at least going to be four parts to it, at least. Oh. Right, Tash, what did you think? Big Wolf. I mean, I um, just think... My thing is, is that people are crazy just forgetting about these things. I know. But it seems it seems like they hung about for a bit and then they just kind of slowly just didn't yeah. show up anymore. The Skinwalker Ranch thing and uh, situation is one of my favourites. So I'm very invested in this. Therefore, I may not talk very much because I'm really invested in, in it. It gets seriously weird. It's already gotten a little bit weird. Yeah. Massive wolves. Massive wolves. Whatever next. I think it <laughs> might be something to do with the cows. Uh, oh no huge cows tune in next week to find out what happens to the cows moo moo (laughs) (laughs) becky what have you got for us my love oh let's stick a trailer here that's a good place to stick a trailer hey guys want to smoke some pot maybe go skinny dipping in the lake bitch it's january who'd want to go skinny dipping on a night like this I guess you're right. It is a little bit chilly for camping. Why'd you bring us out here, Byron? Because I'm going to give it to you straight about Friday the 13th. You see that cabin over there on the edge of the lake? That's the old Fukata place. Three years ago, on Friday the 13th, a newlywed couple moved into that cabin to get away from the city. They were never seen again. What happened to them? Nobody knows. Story goes that when they moved in, they found an old radio playing some strange, horrifying broadcast. A rogue transmission that drove them to madness. All signs point to them running off into the lake and drowning. Thing is, nobody ever found the bodies. What a load of horseshit. Is that true? Some people say they're still there, haunting that cabin. They say that if you come around the old Fukata place on Friday the 13th, you can hear that old radio playing the same broadcast that drove the newlyweds insane. Come on, Byron, you don't really expect us to believe. (gasps) What are the rogue transmissions? Are they murderous? Are they monstrous? Whatever they are, they're coming to this podcast... Yes, the one you're listening to right now. On Friday, January 13th, 2023. Whatever you do, don't dare listen alone. Right, Becky, what have you got for us? A story. A true crime story. Just to shake things up. Woo. Shaky, shaky. Hey, now, listen, we did shake it up last week. You did you did Paranormal and I did uh, True Crime. Yeah. Hey, now. Hey, now. Mm-hmm. Are you just randomly singing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good song. I mean, I'm not disputing that. Right, right. come on. Come on. Story, murder. Murder, murder, murder. Murder. Oh, I liked it last week, Becky, when you kept doing like a little Scottish accent on murder. Oh, murder. What, Taggart? Yeah. Do you remember Taggart, though? Did you ever watch that? Yeah. My mum was obsessed with it. And my dad used to be like, oh, let's put Taggart on, Taggart on because there's better murder. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it, but it did make me chuckle. Oh, so this is another murder story. And I had to look up because I did my whole story pronouncing this name wrong, then watched a documentary just to make sure I got all the facts right. And it's totally wrong because I read it as this guy's name was called Dennis Henry Depoo, but it's Depew. Oh, come on. We can't have Poo Gash and Depoo. Yeah. So Dennis Henry <laughs> Henry Depoo. So I, I, was, I was like, oh, it's Depoo or Depooey, but it's not. He's called Depew, so D-E-P-U-E. So I might accidentally get it wrong every now and again, but I will try and pronounce it right. Depew. Depew. Yeah. Like Peppy Depew. Yes, a little yes. bit. Depew was born in 1943 in Michigan. That's all I'm getting on his like 
young life. Didn't really care. Couldn't really find any information. Don't know how he grew up. We don't know if we got our usual recipe for a murderer. Murderer. But I can assume. He just did. He just grew. He just grew up. He just grew up. He was little pew and then he was big pew. So he remained in his own home state as an adult working as a property assessor. In 1971, he married Marilyn Depew, and Marilyn became a popular high school counsellor in Coldwater, Michigan. The couple had three children, two girls and a boy, but Depew was a bit of a knob, and he was paranoid and had controlling ways and just enjoyed wearing Marilyn down. I thought you were going to say, and just enjoyed wearing Marilyn's clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he did, but, you know, if he did, fair enough. I mean, absolutely nothing against that, but that's honest to God what I thought thought I was going to say. say. (laughs) He was a bit of a weirdo. He completely just, like, wanted to control what his wife did. He isolated himself within his own family home. Then he didn't want, you know, didn't want Marilyn going out, but... Also didn't want to go out with her. It was just a big thing. It was a bit of an abusive kind of guy, but like gaslighting Marilyn into not doing anything else, if you know what I mean. After years of putting up with her husband's shit, Marilyn eventually filed for divorce in 1989. Go, Marilyn. Yeah, well done. So her attorney would later say that Depew was trying to control every single decision in Marilyn's life. He tried to get her to cut ties with friends and was just starting to be a a general abusive see you next Tuesday. Despite his general assholery, Depew made no claim on the house following the, the divorce, leaving it for Marilyn and the kids. But he insisted on keeping his office that was in the garage. Okay. Yeah. I think he did that on purpose to be like, oh, yeah, I've left the house to Marilyn and and that. But he's still kind of got a foot in the door. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's not gone. He's not gone, gone. Nah. Marilyn changed all the locks so he could get into the garage, but he couldn't get into the house. He still couldn't get over the fact that Marilyn didn't want to be with him anymore. Because you're a knob, mate. Yeah. (laughs) There we are. Someone should have just told him that. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you're a knob, mate. (laughs) one day marilyn came home from work to find her ex-husband sitting on the couch in the living room oh Oh, just fuck off he was showing her that he will always be present in her life oh that is creepy as fuck yeah i just think he thought that he was entitled to her because they were married so she's going to be his forever that's not how it works no that's what divorce is So, the couple's divorce was finalised in December of 1989. So, that was a quick divorce. Like, she filed and it was done. Some months later, on Easter Sunday, 1990, Depew arrived at his ex-wife's home to pick up two of their children for his, like, weekend visit. Fair enough. But when their younger daughter, Julie, got upset about leaving her mum and refused to go with her father... Depew started to lose his temper and began shouting. Well, that's really going to want to make her come with you, isn't it? Exactly. Nob. And then after seeing his father's anger, their son Scott also began stalling and didn't want to go with his dad. I mean, if Julie, I don't know how how old Julie was at the time, but, you know, sometimes you just don't want to go, don't want to leave your mum. I'm sure divorce and everything wasn't very nice on the kids. No, exactly. Then Scott decided that he didn't really want to go anymore. And then Marilyn decided to talk to Depew and try and defuse the situation before it got out of hand. But Depew had already started losing it. He started screaming at Marilyn, accusing her of turning the children against him. Of course, the fact that the kids didn't want to go with him had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he was screaming at their mother, screaming at them. It was obviously all Marilyn's fault. Always is. It's always the woman. Yeah. He then grabbed Marilyn and threw her down the stairs. What a fucker. In front of his kids In front of his kids. In front of his two younger kids as well. Oh my God. So hearing the commotion, the older child came out as well. 
And then Depew started mercilessly beating Marilyn at the bottom of the stairs. Oh, my God. In front of his terrified children. Gee, this is awful. Yeah. He continued beating Marilyn blow after blow with his children pleading with him to stop. He's just gone. He's just seen red, hasn't he? He's just gone into blind rage. Yeah. Mm. Jennifer, their oldest daughter, ran outside to a neighbor's house to call the police. Go on, Jenny. Depew left the house with Marilyn, who was seriously injured, telling the children that he was going to take her to the hospital. (gasps) So before the police turned up... He's gone. uh, He was gone. So the police went to the hospital, the two nearest hospitals, to wait for him there. And he never turned up. I could have told you that, mate. Yeah. So the police had already begun searching for him, but as he didn't turn up to the hospital, they... um, set out more of a widespread search. Depew's plan was never to take Marilyn to get help. It was to finish Marilyn off and get rid of her body. Still the same day, so this is after Depew had taken off with Marilyn, a couple called Ray and Marie Thornton were driving along the highway because they were just going out for a traditional weekend drive, apparently, along the Snow Prairie Road which is a very rural highway, 12 miles outside of Coldwater, where um, Depew was living at the time. And then, in their rearview mirror, a Chevrolet van suddenly appeared, driving very aggressively, before overtaking them. The couple had been playing a riveting game of making slogans from the licence place of passing cars. So, <laughs> you do what you can when, you, when you're on a long road trip. <laughs> It's almost as riveting as Tasha's bath story, that. (laughs) (laughs) Tasha's going to leave in a minute. I love you, Tash. I don't believe you. I do, I do. Right, okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) Right, come on, this couple's got a great game going here. Yeah. Slogans out of license plates. Yeah. The couple had been playing a riveting game of making slogans from the license plates of passing cars. So when the van sped by... God, you know they've got a boring sex life. You just know. (laughs) You just know. Missionary all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless them. Go on. So Marie saw that the plate began with Jay-Z and she remarked, Jeez, he's in a hurry. (laughs) <laughs> and i just want i just i don't i didn't see what she looked like but i just really imagine her to look like velma off scooby-doo yeah and she'd be like oh jinkies but she's now going to remember his number plate isn't she yeah well at least the first two letters of it jay-z it was jeezy oh jeezy not J. yeah it was jeezy jeezy jeez jeez louise <laughs> as they were driving down the road they drove past an abandoned schoolhouse. As they were driving by, the Thorntons saw that the same van that had just overtaken them not long before was parked at the side of the building. And as they were driving by, Marie looked at the van, and like a scene from a horror movie, she saw the driver walking towards the back of the house, holding what appeared to be a bedsheet covered in blood. Oh, God. Yeah, that's not what you want to see. Yeah, you could just imagine the music being like, or like, bing, you know, it goes really high. Yeah. Marie, although shocked, wasn't quite sure she knew what she, you know, she saw what she thought she saw. They discussed it and thought about calling the police. And as we were driving along the road, all of a sudden, the van appeared in the rear view mirror again. Oh, God, no, I don't like that. Like like really driving up on them fast oh no like in a horror film yeah that's beeping one of my nightmares that is blaring its horn literally right there so he was riding their bumper for the next two miles why is he beeping at them i think to move i don't know i don't know what the highway looked like and that actually inspired the opening scene of the 2001 horror movie Jeepers Creepers. I was going to say, I've seen that before. Yeah, Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. And as the Thorntons worried about what the driver was going to do, they decided, right, let's just take a last minute turn off the highway. 
So that's what they did. So they took the, took a, the turn. The van didn't follow them, but they saw the van pulled over almost immediately a little further up the road when they turned off. So he didn't take the same exit as them, but he pulled over to stop. So they decided, right, let's try and drive past, go a little bit further around, come back onto the highway going the opposite way, come by the guy again and try and get his license plate. So that's what they did. So they turned around, came back up the road, and as they approached the green van again, they saw that the driver was out of the van, crouched down near the rear of the van, changing his license plates. And as they drove by, the driver had left the front of the the van open, and they could see into the van as they were driving by, and they could see it was just absolutely covered in blood the whole of the inside of the van was covered in blood horror scene yeah though absolutely horrified they decided to continue back to the schoolhouse honestly these guys had more balls than me i don't think i'd go to the schoolhouse with the whole bloody bed sheet part they got to the schoolhouse they got out their car and went in the direction where they saw the guy go with the bloody sheet and found it uh, it'd been partially stuffed into an am- animal hole. So that's when they contacted the police with uh, what they'd just witnessed. Police put two and two together and suspected it was Depew. So a forensics team sealed off the abandoned schoolhouse and they found the tyre tracks and they matched it to Depew's, the model of Depew's van. The evidence that they found at the scene strongly indicated that he had already killed his ex-wife, and this was confirmed later the next day as a highway worker discovered Marilyn's body shot once in the back of the head, lying near a deserted road. The road was midway between the schoolhouse and Marilyn's home. Poor woman. Yeah. Over the next several days and weeks, Depew sent a series of bizarre rambling letters to friends and family attempting to justify Marilyn's death. Good luck. Yeah, 17 letters in all. Postmarks in Virginia, Iowa and Oklahoma. In these letters, he ranted over her tricks and lies and how that she turned everyone against him and he'd lost everything. And it's her fault because now he's too old to start over with a new wife. And Yeah, of course. It's all, again, always, always the woman, isn't it? Yeah, always everyone else's fault. However, he actually was quite successful in evading the police and uh, they'd searched they searched for him for ages and they couldn't find him. So, skip to nearly a year later on the evening of the 20th of March 1991, a Dallas, Texas woman was arriving home and she saw that her boyfriend's van was sitting in the driveway, which was weird because he normally kept it in the garage. Once she went inside, her boyfriend Hank Queen (laughs) told her that he needed to make an emergency trip home because his mother was really, really ill. As he was doing his bag and everything, he was looking at the telly and he was watching Unsolved Mysteries. He kept asking his girlfriend to make him sandwiches or do bits and bobs just to keep her away from the TV. It's him, in it? Yeah, and he had deliberately wanted to keep her distracted in the yeah. kitchen so that she would not see the show, because in the second half of the show, it would feature a man named Dennis Depew, who was wanted for the murder of his ex-wife. Oh, my God. Is he now called Hank Queen? Yeah, so Dennis Depew and Hank fucking Queen were one and the same. Do you think he would have upgraded his name if he was like... That's the fakest name in the world. Like Max Power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Max, or like Nicholas McNicholson. I don't know, it just sounds so made up. As Hank said goodbye to his girlfriend and drove off in his Chevrolet van, the woman had a suspiciously weird feeling that she wouldn't see him again. And uh, she'd be right because Depew took off immediately, fearing that his girlfriend would recognise him from the popular show and dob him in. He would be right because she went and looked at the, she went and watched the uh, the episode and was like, "Oh shit, Hank Queen was a fake name." What? Oh, what? So as he took off, she gave his license plate 
Well done. And so the Pew took a, a four-hour drive to Louisiana and then across the Mississippi state border. Louisiana state troopers had spotted his van and he led them on a 15-mile high-speed chase, refusing to be pulled over. They decided to put up a few roadblocks to try and stop him. And he blasted through the roadblocks. He didn't stop at all. So they managed to shoot out both rear tires. And as he was passing by, Depew shot at the officers as well and tried to run them off the road. So with the two back tires out, his, his van eventually came to a stop around 4 a.m. And as an officer approached this van, Depew was found dead. Oh, he shot himself. He had shot himself, yeah. <sighs> With a free fifty-seven in his left hand and his thumb still on the trigger, he was dead. So a coward as well as everything else. After the police chase, he took the coward's way out and shot himself. So those three children were then orphaned because Depew was such a... Piece of shit. I mean, to be fair, I'm pretty sure they didn't want their dad back. Oh, absolutely not. Are they okay, the kids? Do Do we know what happened to the kids? I don't really know. Well, I hope they're okay and that they managed to get over that trauma. Bless them. Yeah. Jesus. And for nothing. No. Nope. He, he literally did that because his little girl had a paddy, like kids do. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Tosser. He just, he's, I think he was just a paranoid, absolute. He just wanted to control everything that his wife, his family, everyone did. And the fact that yeah. his, his daughter cried so it didn't go his way, he just had a complete paddy and killed his wife. Yeah. Gunshot yeah. to the back of the head. So, yeah, that's the Awful. story of Dennis DePew and uh, his terrifying van antics that inspired Jeepers Creepers. Wow. I knew that scene of the car... Because I always used to freak myself out when I used to drive home from work late at night that if there was another car on the road, it was going to start doing that to me. Yeah. You know, like trying to run me off the road and beeping at yeah, me. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't like it. So yeah. I knew that scene was familiar, but yeah, it was Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Well, cheers for that, Bex. Thank you, Becky. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. Is good until it gets fucking wings and then it's absolute shit. Yeah, it did go weird, didn't it? It was really good and then it grew fucking wings. I don't think I've ever seen it. I mean, it's old now, 2001. It's quite old. Be proper cheese now. It's Mm. a bit like in It, right, and everybody's going to jump at me for this, but I never got It turning into a spider. I don't rate It. I think they show you too much in It and that's why it's not scary. Oh, so they don't leave too much to the imagination. Yeah. Possibly. But yeah, I just never got the bit where he turned into a spider. I was like, well, this is not where I saw this going. Yeah, I thought it was shit. Yeah. Well, at least with the new the remake, it doesn't turn into a fucking spider. I was just trying to remember that. I can't remember the remake. Anyway, ladies, would you like to hear my song? Yes. Let me hear that song. Here it comes. Oh, gorgeous woman, just walking around down the street. I'd give anything to meet you. You have a lonely look about you just like me. Hey, don't run off. Stop a while. Don't leave me here alone. I guess I could come back tomorrow to find you. Oh, look. You forgot something. You're turning around. Yes. Stay with me. I'll treat you right. All through the night and forevermore. I bet you wish you'd walked on by now. Not so pretty anymore, are you? There we go. So, yeah, let oh, us know God. what you think that is. What uh, Girls, any ideas? No idea. Definitely going to have to yeah, listen to I, that. I, I think I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what it is. I'll have to... Uh... We'll have to wink, wink, uh, discuss it after the uh, after the episode. Cause, uh... Okay, just to confess, everybody forgot to do a song. So I've had to do a song after and put it in there as if we didn't forget, but we did forget. So that's, uh, yes, our very poor acting skills there, you see, guys. 
I tried so hard and then I laughed. <laughs> oh, it's Becky with that wink, wink. I mean, come on. Well, <laughs> I couldn't just wink. You wouldn't see it. You wouldn't. You can't hear. <laughs> hear a wink. Oh, imagine if you could hear oh, a wink. What noise would it make? <laughs> click, click. Oh, people with that syndrome that I was supposedly supposed to have and might have, some people can hear their own eyes move, so they would be able to hear a wink. Oh, that's oh. horrific. No thanks. That's the scariest thing we've said all night. <laughs> well, guys, you can catch us on all our social media. <laughs> Sorry, Dash, Dash is just done. She's like, you know what? Since the beginning, you, you've not appreciated me tonight. So I'm off. So I'm going to plug our social media and go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> have a bath. Try not to get sucked off. No, can't have baths anymore. Um, so you can find us on TikTok, Twitter, you can find me on Tinder and Facebook and I've not plugged and told you where to find us. It's SCSK underscore podcast or simply Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. That's not Tasha's Tinder though. No. My Tinder is just myself. So, you know, if you come across me, you are lucky. Yeah. And you might end up on the podcast. That's one way to end up on the podcast. Another way is to write me an email at chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com. So any of your story suggestions, any of your hometown murder stories, ghost stories, just to reach out. Emma still wants your bad dates. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, And so do I. And so do I. Tash wants them too, see? You can send us some bad dates and then like a good date to end yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Or not. It's up to you. And anything. So yeah, send us an email. Communicate. Not anything. I don't want a chain mail. Don't, don't send me a chain email. <laughs> Fuck those things. You don't get those anymore, do you? I've not had one for years. People of a certain age on Facebook, they send them through <laughs> bloody messenger. <laughs> I haven't had one for so long. You get them I'm on so TikTok now, don't you? Where people are like keep this sound or use this sound in your next video and it'll bring you good luck and you're like really come on fuck off <laughs> yeah that's what i do i say it out loud i'm like fuck off <laughs> scroll to the next one i was like if i can take my view back i would <laughs> <laughs> right speaking of tiktok though that that tiktok that i last did had more likes than all of my other tiktoks and that tiktok took me about 10 seconds oh well there you go see less is more so yeah the late less i'm not gonna put any effort in any of my other tiktok videos because that doesn't make people want to watch does it (laughs) yes it does so i get more likes that way people love it when i don't make an effort (laughs) it was a good tiktok though to be fair yeah right should we let the people go let's let the people go stay safe guys don't kill people and be safe in the bath Bye. bye Beep, 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 beep,